as I listened to the announcements, did you all notice how many birthdays we had today? In the 15 years of the history of the church, we have never had anywhere close to that number of birthdays. It was almost three or four times the number of birthdays that we've ever had in any Sunday ever. So as I listened to that, I said, the birthday and the birth, I said, it was a confirmation of what God has led me to speak on today. So you're going to get a double dose of the Holy Ghost today. I'll actually stop it, cut it off, and restart it for part two. But as I heard those birthdays, it was God sending a sign that this is his message and this is his word for you today. Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. I was studying recently and God spoke to me as I was studying and he said, I want you to read the fifth chapter of the book of Ruth. And as I turned and typed in, because I, I do most of my reading on the computer, or either I'll read it from my phone. I've got 10 different translations of the Bible just on my phone that I can read. And as I flipped to the book of Ruth to read the fifth chapter of the book of Ruth, I discovered what many of you will discover as you flip to the fifth chapter of the book of Ruth. And as I flipped to the fifth chapter of the book of Ruth, I discovered that there was no fifth chapter of the book of Ruth. The book of Ruth only has four chapters. And as I flipped and saw that there was no fifth chapter, I said, well, maybe God was trying to tell me the next chapter. And the next chapter beyond the fourth book of Ruth is the first chapter of First Samuel. And as I began to reach that, he impressed it into my spirit that this is what I am to speak on upon this day. And I'm going to begin reading 1 Samuel, beginning at the first verse, the NIV version. There was a certain man from Ramathan, a Zophite from the hill country of Ephraim, whose name was Elkanah, son of Jeroham, the son of Elihu, the son of Tohu, the son of Zuth, an Ephraimite. He had two wives. One was called Hannah and the other Peninnah. Peninnah had children, but Hannah had none. Year after year, this man went up from his town to worship and sacrifice to the Lord Almighty at Shiloh, where Hophni and Phinehas, the two sons of Eli, were priests of the Lord. Whenever the day came for Elkanah to sacrifice, he would give portions of the meat to his wife Peninnah and to all her sons and daughters. But to Hannah... He gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. This went on year after year. Whenever Hannah went up to the house of the Lord, her rival provoked her till she wept and would not eat. Elkanah, her husband, would say to her, Hannah, why are you weeping? Why don't you eat? Why are you downhearted? Don't I mean more to you than ten sons? Once, when they had finished eating and drinking in Shiloh, Hannah stood up. Now Eli the priest was sitting on a chair by the doorpost of the Lord's temple. In the bitterness of soul, Hannah wept much and prayed to the Lord. And she made a vow, saying, O Lord Almighty, 
If you will only look upon your servant's misery and remember me and not forget your servant, but give her a son, then I will give him to the Lord for all the days of his life and no razor will ever be used on his head. And she kept praying to the Lord. Eli observed her mouth. Hannah was praying in her heart and her lips were moving, but her voice was not heard. Eli thought she was drunk and said to her, how long will you keep on getting drunk? Get rid of your wine. Not so, my Lord, Hannah replied. I am a woman who is deeply troubled. I have not been drinking wine or beer. I was pouring out my soul to the Lord. Do not take your servant for a wicked woman. I have been praying here out of my great anguish and grief. Eli answered, go in peace and may the God of Israel grant you what you have asked of him. She said, may your servant find favor in your eyes. Then she went her way and ate something and her face was no longer downcast. Early the next morning, they arose and worshiped before the Lord and then went back to their home in Ramah. Elkanah lay with Hannah, his wife, and the Lord remembered her. So in the course of time, Hannah conceived and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel, saying, because I asked the Lord for him. When the man Elkanah went up with all his family to offer the annual sacrifice to the Lord and to fulfill his vow, Hannah did not go. She said to her husband, after the boy is weaned, I will take him and present him before the Lord and he will live there always. Do what seems best to you, Elkanah, her husband, told her. Stay here until you have weaned him. Only may the Lord make good his word. So the woman stayed at home and nursed her son until she had weaned him. After he was weaned, she took the boy with her, young as he was, along with a three-year-old bull, an ephah of flour and skin of wine, and brought him to the house of the Lord at Shiloh. When they had slaughtered the bull, they brought the boy to Eli. And she said to him, as surely as you live, my Lord, I am the woman who stood here beside you praying to the Lord. I prayed for this child and the Lord has granted me what I ask of him. So now I give him to the Lord for his whole life. He will be given over to the Lord and she worshiped the Lord there. And I want to focus on verse five in that first chapter of first Samuel. But to Hannah, he gave a double portion because he loved her and the Lord had closed her womb. And because the Lord had closed her womb, her rival kept provoking her in order to irritate her. And the part of those verses that I want to key in on is the Lord had closed her womb. And I want to talk to you for a few minutes from the subject when God shuts you down. And the Lord had closed her womb. Now, now, Hannah is an interesting name. It's an interesting name because phonetically and semantically and from a point of etymology, Hannah is what is considered an anagram. An anagram is a word that is the same whether it is read forward or backwards. If you spell it beginning from the left going to the right, it's the same word. If you start on the right end and go towards to the left, it's the same word. Hannah is an anagram and it is symbolic in a way that whether you're going forwards or backwards from the beginning to the end, it is God who shuts down and it is God who opens up. 
God can start it and God can stop it. God can create it and God can destroy it. And see, when we hear sometimes that, that, that God shut down the womb, and sometimes if we are faced with a shutdown, we often think that it is demonic and it is the devil. But, but if you go through the Bible, there were a lot of instances where God, and he said he shut up those wombs. If you look at Leah and, and Rachel, these were the women who produced the tribes of Israel. Genesis 29, 31. And when the Lord saw that Leah was hated, he opened her womb. But Rachel was barren. God opened Leah's and shut down Rachel. God has the power to open and he has the power to close. But oftentimes when we're what what do you do? And and what happened when when God shut you down? God opened the womb of of Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist. And in Luke chapter one, verse five, it says There was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea, a certain priest named Zacharias of the course of Abia, and his wife was of the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God, walking in all of the commandments and ordinances of the Lord blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren, and they both were now well stricken in years. Now, here the Bible is saying both Elizabeth and and Zechariah, they were following everything that God said to do. They were blameless. And yet, and it says that they were well stricken in years. Do you know what well stricken in years mean? It means that you're old. So here they are. They're they're, they're following everything God says to do. And, And yet Elizabeth, the mother of John the Baptist, they are old and have no children because Elizabeth's womb has been shut by God when God shuts you down. God shut the womb of Sarah until she was 90 years old. If we're in these situations because and see, God never told Elizabeth why her womb was shut. He never told Zachariah why his wife's womb was shut. He never explained to them why they had no children. Sometimes God will shut you down without explanation. And you have to ask, why would God shut up a womb? It's a beautiful thing to have a child. And, and these were, they weren't just good people. These were the best of the good people. These were the great people who were following everything that God said to do. But sometimes we ask the question, why does God shut down things in our lives that we desperately, desperately, desperately want only? And there are some things that many of you who are hearing this message right now, God has shut you down. He has shut down the birth of some of the stuff in your life. And you've been trying to conceive and you've been trying to deliver And you can't get pregnant. And I'm not talking about just a a physical pregnancy. I'm talking about just the womb of creation and the birth of ideas and projects and things in your world. And they're barren and you don't understand why. And oftentimes it is because God has shut you down. And when I read the first chapter of Samuel and realized that there was no fifth chapter of Ruth And then I went back and and read Ruth because I knew God had given me Ruth as a reference for a reason. I discovered that Ruth's womb was shut up. Let me give you just a summation of the story of Ruth. Many of you have heard it, but most people really don't know 
kind of the general structure and the details of how Ruth and Naomi got attached in that story. First of all, there was a famine and her husband, Naomi, and her two sons moved from where they were to the land of Moab. They had a depression in a nutshell. They had a famine. You all have ever had stuff go dry and you had to move? That's basically what happened. They, they had a famine in the land and, and Naomi's husband said, look, people are starving here. This city is going down. I can't find a job here. We've got to go where there is some nourishment, where there is some food. Baby, we've got to move. So Naomi's husband packed up his family, which included his wife and two sons, and they moved from where they were to the land of Moab. Then Naomi's husband died and she was left with two sons. Now, it's, it's one thing to have to bring up two boys in today's society. But in today's society, at least women are close to equal economically with men. And in many sectors, they're far advanced than men. So it's easier now. But can you imagine being a single mother then in, an, in a time when women couldn't even own property? When women couldn't even get a decent job. So here her husband had died and there Naomi was left with two boys. Both of her boys grew up and they both married Moabite women. Then both of her sons died. Can you imagine again a mother? Now she's already lost her husband, already had to struggle bringing up these boys. And then both of her boys. Both of them died. I'm, I'm talking about when God shuts you down. Now, now see, Naomi, Naomi had to feel. Can you imagine, especially the women, can you imagine how you would feel if your husband died? You had to raise and, and struggle, struggling with these children, and then both of your children die? Can you imagine as a mama how that felt and what Naomi had to be going through? Then Naomi says that she's going to have to go back to her homeland where she has some relatives. She says, she's, I got to get out of this place. I don't have any family here. My sons are dead. My husband is dead. At least I can go back to where I got some cousins and some. I, I can go back to my, my homeland. And then this is the part where we know the poetic and perhaps the most touching, some of the most touching words in the Bible where Ruth says, I'll go wherever you go. Your God will be my God and your people will be my people. And wherever you die, I'm going to die. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with you till I'm buried. That's what Ruth said. So as, as Naomi was leaving it and she was actually telling her daughters-in-law to look, look, you stay here. You'll stay here in the land of Moab. You find you another husband. Let me go on back. One of the daughters-in-law stayed, but Ruth said, I'm going to go with you to the end. Then they went back and Ruth began picking up scraps in the field of their relative Boaz. And Naomi told Ruth some things to do and she did them and ended up marrying Boaz. Ruth got pregnant after she had married Boaz. The child was named Obed and Obed was the father of Jesse and Jesse was the father of King David. So that's that's the story kind of in a in a, in a simple nutshell but, but, but why, Pastor, did you say that God shut up Ruth's womb? Because if you look at Ruth, chapter 1, verse 4, it says, And they took them wives of the women in Moab. The name of the one was Orpah. I, I, it almost reads like Oprah, but it's Orpah. And the name of the other, Ruth. And they dwelled there about 10 years. So Ruth 
was married to Naomi's son for 10 years and never had children. They did not have birth control back in that day. And for a young couple to be married for 10 years and they had no children. God had shut up Ruth's womb. And I know that Ruth had to wonder after the first year and the second year and the third year and the fourth year and the fifth year and the sixth year and the seventh year and the eighth year and the ninth year. Lord, why are you not letting me get pregnant? Why have you shut up my womb? And in that day for a woman not to have children, it was a great disgrace. And here she was married. And after 10 years, no children. God had shut her down. Can you just imagine how they felt? And even Naomi and Ruth, chapter 1, 13th verse, she was telling her daughters-in-law, look, look, don't, don't, don't try to follow me because I, I can't have any more children. And if I did have some more, she says, would you wait until they grew up? Would you remain unmarried for them? No, my daughters, it is more bitter for me than for you because the Lord hands has gone out against me. Naomi said, God is just against me. Have you all ever felt like that? I mean, the woman had valid reason. She had lost her husband. She had lost her children. The woman was destitute. She, she was having to leave with nothing. The woman said, look, it's more. Bit, he said, the Lord's hand has just gone out against me. God is just against me. And sometimes people, when things start to go wrong in our lives, we can feel that way. But Naomi never knew the destiny and she never knew the role that she would play in the line, in the ancestral lineage of King David and, and of Christ. And, and do you know when Naomi had left her homeland and, and had gone to the land of Moab and the family and she had to go back? Most people don't realize where Naomi was from. They don't know the city where she came from. The city where they came from that was going through famine was Bethlehem. So she was going back to Bethlehem. She was going back on a mission and on a destiny to be in the lineage of the king and of the Christ. But all she could see was God has shut me down. God has messed me up. God has sent me through all this. I don't even have any grandchildren because my daughters-in-law, they were barren. God has just shut me down. And I can understand how Naomi felt. I can understand how the daughters-in-law felt, I could understand their pain and I could understand their anguish because we cannot see the orchestrations of God. And we don't know. And all it feels like is that God has just shut us down and, and it's just delaying us. I remember years ago, I prophesied to someone as I laid my hands on our, and I spoke to them and I said, the work that you are doing now will have manifestations and blessings and benefit that you will not see in your lifetime. See, Naomi never saw King David. She never knew all of the stuff that would come from the hardship. And, and sometimes people, we wonder, well, why did God have to orchestrate it that way? Why did God have to send her way over there, go through all this stuff, go and have to get a Moabite woman from another land to come and bear the child that would be the great, great granddaddy? Why, why did he have to do it? I can't answer all those questions because I don't understand all of the orchestrations of God, but I do know. That there are times when God will shut you down and he'll shut you down for a lot of different reasons. He will not allow the fruit to come forth for his own purpose and for his own reasons. And oftentimes we don't understand when God 
has shut us down. But people, we have to learn that whenever, and, I, and I, Bob Perk said this, he said that whenever God has you on hold, you have to learn to hold on. Whenever God has you on hold, you have to learn to hold on. And there are just times, people, when in business, God has, he, he has shown me the vision of just a brink truck, just food. You know, has, has God ever, you know, promised you some stuff just financially? And like the stuff is just taking not only too long. You said, Lord, this stuff was, this stuff was so long ago. When is this stuff? When am I going to get pregnant? I'm getting old. My husband, you know, he just ain't what he used to be. I ain't even sure. You understand what I'm saying? That this stuff getting old and wrinkled and creaking. When? You, you've given me the problem. When? And see, sometimes people, this is what happens to us when we've had a vision and God has, has shown us a vision of some things to come. And yet it looks like that he has shut us down and we are waiting and wondering. And sometimes instead of holding on when God has put us on hold, we let go and we let go of the promise. We get in despair. We give up and we allow the devil to come in and take over. All because God has shut us down. And sometimes it just happens that almost everything in the Bible, the stuff never happened when or as fast as the people wanted. You look at every story, it just never happened. If God had told Moses, and and see, I understand why God can't tell us all this stuff because we just wouldn't do it. See, if God had told Moses, you're going to be the deliverer, I'm going to make you the deliverer of the people, but this is what you're going to have to go through. What, Lord? Well, what I'm going to send you through, first of all, I'm going to let you put get in a situation where you're going to get angry, you're going to kill another Egyptian, and then you're going to have to run out of town. Well, well how long am I going to need to be out of town, Lord? Oh, you're going to spend just 40 years in the desert. Just 40 years. Now, see, don't you know why Moses was 40 years in the desert? Moses was on hold, and he was shut down, but God was working on him. See, when, when God, sometimes in, in the computer world, you have to shut down and reboot. Sometimes God has to reboot us. He has to shut us down so that he can make us over, start us over fresh. If God had told Moses all this stuff, Moses would have never done it. If he had given, if God could tell us the path of the things, we would never go through it because oftentimes the path is too painful. And God will shut us down for what we think is no apparent or logical or spiritual reason. But what do we do when God shuts us down? Why does God shut us down? And I'm getting ready to give you just some of the reasons as to why God will shut us down in our lives in part two of this message entitled When God shuts you down. So if you're listening to this message, you can go to airjesus.com. This is message number 5441. Part two will be message number 5442 that you can go and listen to right now and help you to understand some of the reasons why God shuts you down. We thank you for joining us today at Brothers of the Word because, brother, you need the Word. Amen, amen. Amen and amen. This ends message number 5441 by Nathaniel Bronner Jr. To hear other messages or to send this message number 5441 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com. This has been message number 5441. When God shuts you down. Part 1. Part 2 is number 5442.
Listen to airjesus.com and theonlineword.com often and keep your spirit charged up.